Hello, my friends. How are you, Nigel? Very well, thank you, sir. How are you today? I cannot complain at all because it's another lovely day in front of the mic. Which <laughs> It's funny, I've been thinking about this. I did not ever think in my life that I would spend so much time staring into a microphone. So this is um, some of the views in life. You know, I reckon when you... Eyes flash before what was your life flashes before you when you're about to die that you see everything. I feel like I'm going to have this big block of microphone views because I feel like all I do in the last <laughs> few months is staring at a microphone. Yeah, I was thinking the other day, like five years ago, I'd never heard of the word podcast. This week, I think I've said it 400 times. <laughs> <laughs> no, lots of fun. Glad to be here. So, leadership. Yes. Um, you, you said before the podcast, you said, Tim, <laughs> cut to me because I've got something I want to ask. I think it would be interesting. So now I've cut to you and you look at me blankly like... I thought you were going to lead in with something a little bit uh, <laughs> more I'll, substantial than so leadership. <laughs> so I do have something to lead into. You need to sort out your pre-production meetings because uh, this is just awkward and people are giving up their valuable time to listen to us. So they are. what the so hell do you want to talk about? There is something that I want to talk about which is something that uh, we've talked about a lot and it's the role of emotion in business. So it's a little topic. Are you feeling emotional? I'm always feeling emotional. That's okay. It's normal. You're human. Yeah. Well, emotion isn't uh, emotional. Doesn't uh, dictate good or bad. It's just having an emotion. Okay. Um, for anyone else who's looking for pure enlightenment, just listen to Nigel for a couple of hours. This should do it. This has gone off on a very <laughs> high tangent. What do you mean, my friend? Well, we deal a lot in um, the SME space. And yep. you've got all the books out there saying business isn't personal. Uh, and well, I call bullshit on that, particularly in the SME space because yep. it is completely personal. You have a, an opinion that you hold very close to yourself that there is no work-life balance. It's work-life integration. Yep. If those two things are integrated, then you can't – then emotion has to enter into what you're doing. What I do see though by a lot of people is that they are actually being controlled by their emotion in business, whether it is emotion about something both positive and negative in the business yep. or the positive and negative emotion from their actual life outside of that as well and it affects their delivery and their performance and their leadership. Good topic. How long do we have? Four hours? Five <laughs> hours? Or uh, We also yeah. said we're going to try and keep this to half yeah. an hour as or, well. Or a lifetime. Um, <laughs> I think it's a really – a really good topic actually because we're lucky enough to see people from the very start of their business journeys to people who are looking for major investment at you know a mature state yeah. so you get to meet a lot of different personalities you get to see their whole um, I guess their whole careers and you get to understand the pivot points that they've had or things that have happened that have changed them and the one good thing that I would say about working with such a diverse amount of clients is you you do get to look under the hood of not only everyone's business but they become friends. Like yeah. people become friends because you need to confide in confide in someone who's giving you consultancy advice as well as, you know, you're dealing with their babies, their businesses and, you know, they want to a lot of the time, a lot of owners, they want to trust you first. So I think this thing around emotion, if we start with smaller SMEs, you find that a lot of people – well, I find that a lot of people – are very emotional in the early stages when they're less experienced because they almost feel like they need to be as almost a persona of what a business person should be like. And I think over, you know, 
past 10, 15 years of, of being involved in businesses and things like that, what I now look for is when someone's highly emotional is what are they hiding? So what are they trying to deflect when we go into an area that they become so passionate or, you know, I just did inverted, <laughs> inverted, you know, air quotes that no one could see through this medium. But what are they – why are they so emotional around this area? So what what does that lead into? Because we're, you know, humans. We're emotional drug addicts yeah. that we're looking for fuel. We're constantly looking for highs and lows. And I had a, had a client um, – a few years ago, still a client, so I won't embarrass them. And we were talking about one of their very, very early um, sessions and we were just talking about the journey that we're going to go on together and breaking it down over the years that we'd be working together. And I said, what you'll notice, particularly now, is you're a highly emotional person around business and what you're going to have some real difficulties coming to terms with is the wins and the losses are equally not going to be as fun or as equally devastating that you actually get to a point when you start developing experience in business that you if you could imagine it as a waveform or imagine it as your highs are high and your lows are lows that you actually start to play in a lower bandwidth of emotion that well this is my opinion obviously yeah. that when you used to get a win it used to be the high the high of the high that yes we've finally got there we won we've got some more money coming in the business is progressing and then when you lost a client or something happens or you know a situation comes up and you have a low but it used to be devastating and knock you out for a few days because like why we're getting on such a run we we really felt like we were finally working this game out and you just realize that as you go on that the game doesn't ever change it's your ability to deal with it that changes and what the ability is is actually your emotional bandwidth to keep it in a sort of <laughs> in a controllable form that I don't get overly excited when great things happen and I don't get overly devastated when things don't happen but particularly people on in earlier or early on in their career in business they do ride the emotional highs and lows and they almost love that part of it and I guess this is the stage where it's people newer to business but also where you see where the dabblers get filtered out because what do we mean by a dabbler? A dabbler is someone who's addicted to fast growth in anything in life. Pick up a new sport, they addicted to the fast learning curve of you know playing tennis, hitting a golf ball, bowling, whatever it is, learning to cook. So they love it because there's such progress so quickly because the zero to 100% of beginner learning is if you've got some level of ability or cognitive function, you just love it because every time you do it, you feel like you're going up. I remember it particularly um, when I used to do martial arts and I, w- I was kickboxing and I was um, doing kung fu and a lot of those things and you loved the first few years because it felt like every single session I was training, you know, oh, geez, going back now, these six times a week, like Jeez. 10 hours a day type stuff. Yeah. Like, you know me, Nigel. I, yeah, I know. And I was at uni. I felt I didn't have a lot of other <laughs> stuff to do. So I was training a lot and um, had a lot of friends there and, and but was loving it because it was such a, a a growth trajectory. And then you start sparring with people and you get the bejesus punched out of you and you realise, okay, I'm even addicted to learning how not to do that. And you get to a certain point where everyone knows their punches, kicks, a little bit of ring craft, a little bit of, you know, fight theory – and so you get to this point where you're almost at the top of the amateur. Oh, I'm talking about amateur amateur, not sort of professional amateur. And But the the steps forward are smaller 
And so you've had this huge trajectory of learning to punch, kick, throw different kicks, your flexibility is getting different, your your um, fight theory is getting uh, much improved. All these things are, you know, you're just on a high the whole time. And then as soon as you then plateau and everyone sort of knows the same stuff, the little wins are so small that they're not seen every session. There might have be two or three months. It might be a situation that takes, you know, six months or it might be a situation you haven't been in for six months and then you deal with it differently at that time go, oh, I remember where... I used to get kicked in the head there. Yeah. And I remember that and it's it's a little bit like business that particularly in the early stages, it's so exciting because you've almost got nothing to lose. So you get a client, you give it a go. You get another client, you give it a go. You you offer something else, they buy it. You offer something else and you, you're constantly winning. You're meeting a lot of people that are enthusiastic about your business so everyone's excited for you. Yeah. And then you get to a point where now you're just running a business and people then need to work out what's the next part but it's not significant growth every single day it's the nuance of becoming a master in that and being able to master your type of business to be able to say wow they're the clients we used to have now what if we never get that client again what if we have to change whole categories what if we have to do all these stuff so the emotion is around not being addicted to such highs and lows you're actually there to build a company and as a leader, we actually need to sort of cut out your emotional highs and lows because then you've got that, you've got that, I guess, propensity to be a little unhinged as a leader. If you're getting psycho happy or psycho sad, yeah, I mean, where does that? How is that easy to follow as a leader? How do I follow you if you're the one that's a little unhinged? Unless you're unhinged yourself, and even then, it's got to match up at exactly a hinge angle. You know what? That's a horrible uh, way to describe <laughs> it. But it's, but it's, it is that thing of you're right. The only people that will be attracted to your type of business will, or, and stay, I should say, because you yeah. can always trick someone into coming, but <laughs> they'll work you out soon enough. Yeah. Which is, if you're someone who is um, up and down a lot in business, you're going to also attract people with those traits. Yeah. And so you've then got a whole lot of people around your – and I'm not just talking about employees, I'm talking about suppliers that also have those same traits. Now, do you want to be working with people that are constantly up and down? Yeah, and odds are you're also going to attract the same type of clients. Oh, without doubt because yeah. they're the only ones you can probably relate to best. Yeah. <laughs> and so you've got this whole – you've got this whole, I, I guess – flywheel effect that you it's building on itself it's building on bringing in more people that are like you but because you're this emotional being that's high high low low you're just going to get this essentially a bipolar type of um, environment or you're building that sort of environment which is very very difficult to then create any form of stability and also it's very difficult to want to work with someone that is emotionally got such i should say maybe got high emotional range is that because <laughs> no i get what you're trying to say that, that's putting say a really that, nice spin on it yeah and, and here's the thing that i think um when when we talk about a topic like this i think <laughs> sorry i'm laughing because i i know what a lot of people would be thinking a lot of be, people would be thinking geez tim do you ever have fun in your life why does everything you can't <laughs> you can't stop emotion like that's a common thing for people. You can't stop emotion. You can't just, you know, it's emotion. And this is, I guess, where the next level of mastery comes in is why on earth can't you train to 
hold your emotion in the space that is most beneficial for you and your company. You can channel emotion. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think a lot of people miss that and yeah. they believe that emotion is one of those things that you shouldn't focus on or try and try and channel in a way. But as a leader, you must challenge, uh, you know, channel that in the right way. For me, I'm a highly emotional person. I've said on another podcast, I don't like to read any emails on if I'm taking a break or on holiday because I know I'll just be thinking about it for the whole time. Yeah, It's not even if it's a big, a big win or a, a loss, whatever it is. It's just the fact that I don't really want to be thinking about that. It's, and so for, for you as a leader, you have to work out where am I getting highly emotional in areas of my business and what am I actually trying to deflect by doing that? I think that's a really interesting point because it's not something that I'd considered before but as soon as you said it, it's one of those things you go, oh, yeah, of course. As soon as there's that knee-jerk high emotion reaction, particularly if there's a question that can't be answered, then obviously that is there to mask something else. It's to deflect it across. Um, is that something that – how did you sort of come about that? Like, is that something you learned like had in your tool belt early on or is it such as you've noticed it as you've grown as a leader? Um, I'm, I'm hoping that as a human we grow some emotional intelligence intelligence as we get older but yeah I don't know no, I'm, I'm still 16 <laughs> <laughs> but I think the, particularly for the more and more people we've worked with you can tell that they we're always trying to hide something mm. as in we're humans there's always parts that people or we don't want to project that we are so we're all flawed we all know that um, we're trying to put on our best face here at times. Like even though we're trying to be highly transparent with how we're building our company, yep. the wins and losses, we've literally got a podcast that's showing behind the scenes of how much money we're <laughs> investing into trying to grow our um, digital presence. Yep. That as we said, we're trying in our mind to do the best we can to show that but it's still curated because we're still showing parts that we think are valuable even though we're trying to be transparent but it's still got that filter of what aren't we showing. Yeah. I mean we literally could sit there with a live stream of our screen if we really wanted to. It would be the most boring live stream of all time but… Oh, you get to relive <laughs> this yeah. over and over again in multiple formats uh, but, if you got mine. <laughs> and that's… Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, but I think it's that thing of why is there emotion behind anything? So… For instance, you lose a client or a contract or something like that. Now, why are you upset by that as the owner or the business, uh, you know, yeah. as a business or as the owner of the business or the CEO, whatever role you're playing? And you've got to ask yourself, why am I emotional around that? So is the emotion because I'm worried that that is a symptom of the way the company's performing? And it's actually heading down a point that we've lost one and we're going to lose 10, we're going to lose 100 and the business is actually going out of business and this is just the start of it. Or is it a symptom of I'm emotional because I know I feel like my people haven't performed and so am I emotional because I'm actually triggered by something that I can see in the business that I don't believe is right and that's reinforced a belief for me. It might not be true by the way because a lot of this time we link what we want to create the emotion. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be like just in the sake of transparency, I have found in self-analysis mm. uh, that often my emotion about if I'm 
really upset about something in business and putting that onto somebody else, it's often because I haven't I've felt I haven't felt that I have done my hundred percent in that. Yeah. So yeah. it's me just going, oh, that must be your fault, and without me accepting my own responsibility in it. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about um, some of that in detail. It, it's for another another day where we'll talk about creating a no blame culture and you know really focusing on the problem, not the people, yeah. because that that takes a lot of emotion out of if you've got a company that's got a no blame culture that's only focused on problems as a as a separate to the people and the personality creates a lot safer environment yeah. around problem solving and innovation. And what we need to consider though is why are you emotional at all in can, business? Can I ask, we're talking about younger business owners in their business life are more often highly emotional. I've often thought that it's because they're personally tied to their product or service. As you grow as a business, you sort of grow out of the personal brand into a business brand. But if somebody, if something goes wrong or you lose a client, you win a client, it's you at that point when you're first starting the business. It's not the business winning. There's definitely an element of people who see themselves at the business. And as you said earlier on, I don't see it as business and life. I see it's just a pure integration of your life. I don't know how you differentiate between life when we're, it's not like we step out when we do our business. It's just allocating time to a project in our day. Yeah. Um, I think there's an element of emotion when the stakes are really high for that person or really low so they've got nothing to lose or everything to lose type thing and it depends I guess on personality type and how people see their business but particularly early on um, you know every client means the world of difference so particularly with SMEs they get highly emotional and I think you know a couple of situations we've had recently is a lot of um, smaller companies getting angry at their clients because they feel they're demanding Yep. And they're highly emotional around maybe I should just get rid of that client. And there's a level of you need to you need to be level-headed with this stuff and you need to look at it and say, well, why would I want to be – why am I emotional around a client who's giving me 50% of my revenue? And where that comes from is because you feel you're being dictated by someone. And a lot yeah. of the time a lot of entrepreneurs have got into business initially and we're just talking about really small businesses at the moment is because they didn't want to have a boss so they want to be their own boss but they're being triggered by feeling now like someone else is controlling them even though a client's paying them. So they're getting all these feelings around this is exactly what I didn't want. Yeah. And the answer is not sack your client, it is grow your business to a point where that client is not so significant and where emotional people go, I'm just getting rid of the client. Whereas strategic people would sit there and go, mm, this is not the feeling I want around any client. How do I now put in a strategy to combat this so I don't have to feel like this and then I can make a decision around this according to values fit rather than because I'm not feeling um, respected by them. Yeah. Which So there's a lot of things that go into this. But the as a leader, we've got to ask ourselves, let's just take it out of business for one second. How, where are you emotional most in your personal life? Yeah. So getting angry at people because of a situation or how could they be so rude? So one of the things that used to get me was I was really – I would get highly emotional around people being late. Yeah. I was highly emotional <laughs> around it. That makes a lot of sense of the rules we've got in the, in the company at the moment. Yep, then. that's right. When I've got full control of the environment, um, then that's, I've, I've, I've sorted it just basically – just 
basically become a dictator. Um, but never no. a dictator though, so it's all good. What, what, but what I didn't realise is how people saw time. I only saw mine. So I have very limited time and always have had in my mind yep. because I've always been running businesses, so free time is scarce. Or Sorry, how I was building the businesses, yep. free time was scarce. But people who were late, in my mind the story was why do you feel that you can take my time at your cost and you feel that's not something that should dictate our friendship? And those people were probably sitting there going, friends, it's casual. You can turn up half an hour late. What's it matter? But me, I'm a regimented person. So it's understanding what are the things that drive me. So when I feel like I'm being robbed of time without any consideration, I'm getting highly emotional. But for the other person, it's not even on their radar and it's not that we're better or worse friends. Is I need to think because I'm in control there. What do I need to dictate? Yeah. <laughs> you're speaking right to I'm the same as you. Like if you're not early, you're late. Yeah. And then I'm married into a Portuguese family <laughs> whose concept of time is just I don't know where it comes from, but three hours late is on time. So time's really a construct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's okay. But, but you, there, I'd imagine there'd have to be a high adjustment period there. Um, Yeah, some of the biggest fights I've ever had with my wife are over me trying to pressure her to be on time, which that by that time was even an hour late. Yeah, but even in in that, or you know, not I'm not just saying all Portuguese people are late because that's not true, but it's more around um, a family construct that time and being there is just that is their time, which is. If the time's this, then an hour either side is more than reasonable. Yeah, it means nothing to them. So the yeah. only person affected by it was me. Yeah. And it would ruin the start of anything. So I get to all of these things an hour, two hours, three hours late, just pissed off. Yeah. And then any chance I had at actually enjoying it was gone because I was sitting there fuming about being late and missing the thing and going, well, I'm not actually concentrating on the thing that's happening now that could have been good anyway. Totally. And that's a great way to bring it back to the business is – it's exactly that. As soon as you take control away from yourself, so why am I getting worked off? Is what is actually annoying me about this? And is it because people weren't late or is it because the way you see your time is, you know, it's taken up a whole day where it should have been an hour or, I, you know, whatever it is. And that's the thing around, so what is the trigger for you and why are you allowing it to trigger you? So the easy response for me is if friends were late was just leave. <laughs> they come and go I'm half an hour late and go oh sorry I, I left I didn't think you were coming I just did a mental cast back to see if I'd ever rocked up somewhere and you'd already been gone <laughs> yeah no we're good and don't, don't get me wrong I mean I, I would text them and all that because I also you want to catch up you're not there because it's yeah. a, a, a business thing but it's in saying that if someone in business is running late they're pretty much on the back foot anyway particularly you know that's a rule we sort of have if someone actively late for the first meeting it's probably an indicator of um, where they are. Yeah. So I should say that we do take it pretty seriously. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. But it's it's a good thing. It's, it's everyone – we are in a performance environment. We're in a period of rapid growth and everyone is being respectful of each other's time. But we've also all made that agreement as well. True. That everyone's on the same page. Which kind of takes me to the next kind of thing yep. that I want to talk to you about. We work with people that are partners that have their husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend – family within the business but then the other side of that is that we have people that they run the business by themselves their partner their family is separate from that now if they're going through a period of rapid growth or growth in the business Mm -hmm. there's an emotional change and an emotional growth that needs to go along with that as we've just discussed 
sometimes these people on these journeys, they're not necessarily shared by the family members and it can create a bit of a disconnect sometimes. You're right. When when you're running a company and you've got a home life, yep. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, some of us have, I guess, um, how do you how do you balance that from a point of view of not corporatizing your home life or being affected by it? Because yep. And I think that's the thing because I see people, every time you get a new tool in your arsenal, you kind of overplay it a little bit to work out the, the limits of it. You overuse those tools because you spend so much time here that that's the way your brain thinks. It takes a little while to reset. I think so but then we're going back to, well, where's the responsibility yeah. lie? So it, it's like if anyone who gets a, you know, what, was it, what my example was going to be, if you get a flamethrower, I don't know why. Um, I'd say <laughs> if you, who the hell gets a flamethrower? But Elon? Yeah, but I guess it's your choice about whether you um, test it out or you burn a house down. Like yeah. it, it's sort of... And, and I guess that's the thing about emotional stability is where are you investing it and also where are you allowing it to be um, not put to the side but where do you temper it? So if I'm in a family environment, my, my family particularly, I don't operate the same way when I'm visiting my family as I would operate at work. Yep. So conversations around dinner table so I catch up with my family once a week my brothers and sisters and mum and dad and we have dinner but I have to temper the way I would have conversations because a lot of those conversations around topics that um, I've got an opinion on would be more direct because just for me I'm, I'm quite formed on my opinion there and there's not really an opinion there's a solution it's not you know, talking about the world or politics or, or this. It's, you know, maybe an idea around a business that yep. I happen to have run or have happened to have this. <laughs> so I'm not really interested in debating the, the theory on it. <laughs> um, I'm happy to talk about it in terms of that but if someone has a strong opinion, i got to temper just I want to be a good family member yeah. and I want to enjoy what's my priority there. I'm looking to enjoy time with my family and contribute as a family member. I'm not there to be right or be who I am. And that's difficult for me as Nigel, you would know more than anyone. But <laughs> that's a very difficult thing for me to balance personally. But it's not the objective of that situation where I'm just trying to enjoy time with my family. The same way Alana and I, we love talking business even when we go home from work. Yep. It's still – we love it. That's, yeah, that's, business nerds. Yeah, we just enjoy the whole – the whole thing and if we're doing something with downtime like we would watch a tv show or something it's generally one that's got a business focus around it so that's fine but we've we've made that agreement consciously or not because we like that as a topic what we have to be careful of is taking our emotional i guess um, position and then planting so going from work where we've had a highly emotional day whatever that is for you and then going home with your family or if you've got kids or whatever you are and taking that same emotional level there because that intensity is really going to not reflect well on what what I hope for you is coming home to family which is very loving people care for you people don't care if you've had a good or bad day they're just happy to see you yeah so they're not bought into what you're dealing with at work they're bought into you as a person because you're a key member of the family so if you're taking that level of emotional highs and lows and putting it in depending on the day you've had at work and putting into family I mean that's not very fair and that's going back to the very 
beginning of this um, discussion is being able to temper your emotional levels because there aren't really high highs or low lows. There's just your interpretation of situations in the business. But if you've got something outside your business like a family or any type of life... (laughs) (laughs) Human contact. Human contact. Well, you know, why can't you temper that? Or how can't you switch gears or or whatever it is? And it's very difficult to switch gears. It's very difficult to temper it. For me, that's why I look at it all as just life. Yep. My emotions at work are um, pretty much the same as they are outside work. And and I guess that's where people say, but why aren't you emotional about winning this client? I'm like, well, it's great. It's equally, I don't know if we did anything great to win it because we're doing the best we can every day. The same way if we lose a client... Did we do anything majorly wrong? Or was that the natural, you know, life cycle of that client? I don't know. But the idea is it's not going to be either helped more or helped less by me being highly emotional up or highly emotional down. And that's the thing I think people sometimes misinterpret at the start is shouldn't you be angrier or shouldn't you be happier? I'm like, well, why do you need me to be that to yeah. be whatever <laughs> you need to be? And it's looking at the leader for, you know, direction emotionally and I think you have to be very careful with that I think you have to really work out your triggers and also what you're projecting to the rest of the company often you're projecting a lot of things in there that you don't know that you may feel like you're concealing or you're holding holding state uh, or whatever it is but people with enough nows can see through you in a second Oh, absolutely. You don't need to be saying anything for people to understand if you're in a good or bad mood. Yeah. And that's the point, I guess, of this whole thing is how do you, how are you keeping emotional stability? And if you've got emotional stability, at least people feel comforted that are working for you. Yeah. They and feel safe. Yeah, and we're talking, you know, smaller companies, say sub-20 employees where there's a lot of direct contact because they're getting a feeling for you. It's like living with someone. You're seeing them for eight, nine hours a day, everyone picks up on your nuance. Everyone picks up, like, look around at your colleagues now. I bet you could tell me who's who's going, who's in a good spot, who's having a tough time or who's going through some stuff. You could be pretty pretty accurate. Yeah. It's the, just the volume of time you spend with someone. And I don't necessarily think it's just for smaller businesses. I mean, larger businesses, you have team leaders, you have managers. So everyone's grouped into smaller groups. Absolutely. And they all have the ability to affect down. So the, the role of the leader is, again, it's one of those lonelier roles. It's your responsibility to hold within a spectrum, a, a certain vo- – what's that word I'm looking for? Um, Sector? Yeah. I, I would I'd say bandwidth. There yeah. we go, yeah. That's right and that's why it is difficult because you really have to take the lead on this and, and it is working that out because it's very difficult to control. And as I finish off with a story with a client when we spoke about um, having that, not having the highs of highs and the low lows in the years to come, they had the same experience that they were highly emotional at the start and everything was up or down, up or down, up or down. You know, it just was that game. And then fast forward a couple of years the challenge we were going through is why is the business in the best position it's ever been in yet I feel almost emotionally numb because nothing really overly excites me or nothing really depresses me. And it was a discussion of have I stopped myself from being able to enjoy it or is this the way it should feel? And it's a really difficult discussion because I think a lot of people, as much as we want a good business, 
we're also looking for that roller coaster of emotion. That's half the fun of being in business. But to me, I've been saying this a lot and it is resonating with me, so I'm going to keep saying it, but um, who knows what next year will bring, which is I say that the cost of leadership is the cost of your emotional highs and lows. So you have to forego the emotional drug that you're looking for in order to lead a business properly because you're not allowed to be erratic as we've spoken about and it doesn't mean you're not enjoying it but you'll actually get into the mastery of it which is I'm not going to be dictated by emotions I'm going to be dictated by being obsessed with the process and obsessed with the actions and the execution around things that I believe will work from myself and the company that's where all my focus needs to be if I've got time to be overly emotional, it means something is missing because how have I even got the time? Because if it is, I'm just angry because it didn't happen. So, well, there's a lot of things that didn't happen. You just focused on one thing you thought would happen that it didn't happen. What did you do in the process? Well, I did this but we didn't do this, we didn't do this. I go, great. So you've actually allowed yourself to be emotional knowing that even the pathway here you had 10, 15 things that you could have done differently and you consciously knew you should have done differently, yet you didn't, yet you're choosing now to be emotional, grow up. And I, I mean, this is a bit, um, maybe I'm being emotional. I just feel like you've not taken the responsibility as, of leading a company. It's people's lives when we're playing with here. We've got employees, they've got families that rely on We've got a lot of people that are affected by running a company. You've chosen to be the leader, yet when you get emotional and you run back through what happened to get to this point and you identify points at time that you knew needed an adjustment, needed a change and chose not to, yet you choose to be overly emotional at the end point when really you could have used that emotion seven steps back to make sure this end point didn't occur. So what are we actually doing here? It's just a song and dance. It's just basically again... It's being highly emotional so you don't get found out about all the seven or eight things you chose not to do now. And it's another thing of how do I deflect from the problem? And I think this is part of our experience as all leaders is we all do it. We've all had those situations. We've all got situations now that we should be making adjustments now. And we do. We need to change those shoulds to execute it now. That's the only thing. If you can actually stand at a result and say I did everything when I – I had the ability to change it, I took that action. You don't really get emotional because then it's like, okay, we did it, here's the result, what next, as opposed to now what? It's a a really, I think it's a really big um, thing for most leaders is because as you become less emotional around outcomes and endpoints, you start to become much more productive around process and execution, which is generally where the results are made. It's not even generally, it's where all results are made. Because if you miss those points and you still get a result, it doesn't matter. You were just lucky. Yeah. But luck runs out. Absolutely runs out. So people can still get lucky. But those little cracks, the next time and the time after, one day it'll be a gaping wound and you won't recover from it. So it's why, you know, we, we say here it's there's not many companies we don't believe we could compete well against because the consistency around the execution is where we're going to win. It just might take a couple of iterations but one day the others with the cracks will be wounds and we'll be there and we won't drop the ball. And that's, I think that's a very difficult business to compete with and not just ours but obviously a lot of our clients' businesses and our invested businesses. That's, that's a non-negotiable. 
It's a pretty strong way to end out the podcast, mate. Okay. <laughs> so, no, because I, I, I get a lot of what you're saying, but I'll be completely honest. The, I'm still struggling to wrap my head around the happiness side in channeling that part of it, particularly when it's for um, – and this isn't for this podcast, but it's something that I'm going to have to think about – is happiness when a team member um, does a great job or has a win. I know that I can get the don't bring don't bring your crap to work. Yeah. That makes sense to me, but that that I'm still that band, that top bandwidth. I don't quite get. It's not about, but just I want to make it clear. It's not about dumbing down happiness. Yeah. That's that's not what I'm saying. It doesn't mean you can't be happy. What it's about is enjoying it for what it is, without the emotional link to it, which is. I'm so happy because it's not happiness, it's such a relief and you're getting something. It's not about not being happy. People should be so happy. In I want you to build businesses that you love going in there every day, that you're enjoying it. You're not only enjoying your personal success, but you're enjoying the success of all your employees, of everyone who's around it that's winning. Yeah. It's not about dumbing down emotions. It's working out that Am I someone who goes to the high highs and low lows and I'm out of control? It's grabbing control of when it doesn't serve you. And that's the difference is as a, a leader that's starting to master their emotional patterns is more worried about the low lows and not pulling yourself out of those to be able to be active to turn things around fast enough. And it's not about having this m- muted um, culture that everyone's going around as zombies you're the leader you need to be able to keep in a bandwidth where you keep productive and you keep the performance of the company going if you get too high and literally from that point everything else is affected because you're way too happy so for instance you decide to celebrate that for a month because you're so high that's all you do like it's just distracting and then when it's low you just nothing's good for a month it's, it doesn't work like that. So it's not about creating muted um, environments where people can't enjoy themselves. It's about making sure that you have control over your emotions and that you can dictate how they need to be optimised to serve you and the people you're serving. Because if you go from a point of I'm here to lead, is my job is to serve the people that are working for me. That's my job. My job is to serve everyone that I promised to get to where we're going to go. So if that's the investors, it's to serve them. If it's for my employees, it's to provide an environment they're going to enjoy, make the money they need to make and make sure the business is there tomorrow, whatever it is. So my job is to make sure that my emotional bandwidth is always in an optimum level so I can keep being consistently productive so everyone else can get the most out of themselves. I think that's a beautiful way to end because you've got to go off and, and do some leading of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'll just grab my flag and walk through the <laughs> office and wave it. It's great. Thanks so much for this afternoon, mate. Talk Thank soon. you, Nigel. See you soon. Bye.